I have not because this is the first moving heads that I've gotten. I did play with, uh, you know, the par lights. I was like, hey, I want some different colors. So I was able to, you know, put that on the old, uh, you know, the DJ or not the DJ controller, the lighting controller and see what the values are and, you know, kind of make my own colors that way. Some different things. And man, their slowest strobe is still crazy fast. So I went in and, you know, made a slower strobe and little things like that, you know, where yeah. I went and looked at the script and see what all the outputs are and then know what I needed to change. Um, so I've done that, but that's really all I've done. I haven't got to really play with the moving heads yet. So I'm curious yeah. to see, you know, what, what functionality or what, uh, customization I can do or how easy or hard that is. I know when, uh, uh, just here recently when, when Will just got these, uh, these moving heads done for me and got them in there. Um, the reply I got back from Drew was, Hey, um, I know I said this, I'd have this done by May, but it's June and, you know, I'll get it to you. You know, it's coming any day here, but we've spent a lot of time instead try instead of doing all this for everybody, our focus has changed to trying to make this more user-friendly. So, you know, you guys can develop your own hundred like, percent. Well, dude. That's awesome. I want that. But going into the season when you have no time to do that. Oh yeah. When that's, you're yeah. When you're less than 30 days away from the show, like for Octoblast last year, when I was doing the moving head stuff, all of the channel on and channel off features in finale, like I got that stuff functioning fine, you know, being able to change colors and cycle through colors and, and things like that. But where things got really, really hairy was the motor movements. Because all of these moving heads have different, you know, be it stepper motors or just different motors in them, period. So what winds up happening is if, if that motor curve isn't super well defined inside of documentation, which, you know, a lot of the moving heads from China, they, they, they weren't, right? You didn't, there was nothing in the in documentation that Will could take and kind of translate that to your fixtures. That was the biggest problem that I had. You know, Will had that spreadsheet that you could kind of download and then you had to physically take a DMX controller and like, you know, dime out your pan, dime out your, you know, your tilt. And then you would have to time how long it took for the head to move from point A to point B. And then you would have to plug all of these average constants into the spreadsheet and then eventually it would puke out a curve and then you would have to take that curve and like bake it into his vdl string inside of finale and it was just it had my it had my brain leaking out of my ear for a while like oh, i imagine because you you felt like you got it you felt like you understood it at the end but you're like holy shit i mean it took me a month to get here <laughs> yeah, I haven't had the chance to play with them yet. Just, just like I said, the way that this happened last minute, um, I, I'm doing some very basic stuff with them. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping to get to play with it in the next couple weeks. But between yeah. these shows, you know, doing a couple shows like we all do around the 4th and then all this other stuff, you know, moving forward, we're spending the whole summer testing Skywars stuff. I, I just don't know when I'm going to get the chance. That's probably going to be a winter thing. Yeah. So. Well, good luck to you, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Jamie and AJ, are you still with us? Hello. Probably bored. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just okay. letting you guys do your thing. We're here. All right, cool. Jamie uh, wasn't talking to me in the group chat. No, I know he wasn't. Everything's I'm focusing. Got, this is serious. Well, he has I to. Close, he had, unlike you, text he has to learn DMX for his away. show that happens in a month. I was listening to it. Uh-huh. I was listening because I'm trying to figure out how to do DMX. <laughs> I'm listening to you guys talk while I'm trying to figure right. out how to create an effect. <laughs> See, exactly. He was already distracted. I fucking knew it. 
<laughs> you think I, I was know? learning and shut up, bitch. <laughs> I was like, he's not even paying attention to the chat. He's got another window open on his computer right now. <laughs> I 100% was paying to the important part, which was Scott Smith, number two. Uh, number two. Bo and Paul's king. So did you guys have issues with... It's uh, oh, the perfect way to start it. Sorry, uh, buddy. You have been cut off. off. I don't give a- Welcome <laughs> to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. Where Prozy, AJ, and Jamie ignite your passion for pyromusical show design while testing the very limits of your capacity for stupid. Because, Scott, there's no shortage of that here. It's okay, Jamie. Don't I'm worry. That case, that case ain't coming to Sky Wars, just so you know now. Oh, you don't mess that up. I guess I won't be going to Sky Wars either. It's so weird. Uh-huh. He just told you to suck it. It's fine. I'll call Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I say you put that module that I say you put that module that, that Dane put up on the um on the group chat the other not the group chat the oh, i don't i can't remember what group it was where he was like he'd taken the whole cobra module apart set it on the back porch just to air out it was underwater mm-hmm. for and it worked he said <laughs> x period of time i'm like oh my god this is gonna be wonderful i wonder if this works this kind of rivals that uh the one that jamie the crispy up. one uh-huh it's like, I wonder if it's still going to work. Slightly I charred. Don't know. I and think Jamie's crispy one. How I've it used it on in was three shows since. <laughs> <Yeah>. Still using <laughs> it. Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. I'm Bo. That's AJ. Hola. That's Jamie. What you got going on? <laughs> we have a guest today. Uh, Scott Smith, number two. Don't everybody get too excited. It's uh, not the Scott you think. I get that a lot. <laughs> Scott's a uh, Scott is a hobbyist show designer from Scott. You live in Missouri, right? I do. I live in Missouri. Scott's a hobbyist show designer from Missouri, and uh, he's actually the 2020 Sky Wars One Four Pro Am champion. So, welcome, dude. It's back when it was a lot harder to win than it is now. You know? yeah, I hear they'll let just about anybody in that competition now. Yeah, the rules have changed a lot. <laughs> Everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, was it, Scott, this do you remember the podcast? Not tonight, guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Scott, do you remember when about you got the invite for um, 2020? I, the last year that we were at. Got your butthole. Sellers. Horrible. Yeah, we can't even talk about that anymore. Yeah. But yeah, when we were at the place that shall not be named, we, uh, you know, I just went at the bonfire. I went up to Rob and, and Brian and I said, hey, I've been eyeing this for a long time. I'd really like to do this. And they said, you know, let's talk about it. And I, I don't know the exact date that they told me. Um, they kind of drugged their feet a little bit, probably waiting to see who, uh, you know, who else was throwing their hat in the ring. But yeah. it, it wasn't that far after that. And I don't know. You know, I didn't have a lot of things on my resume. It was, you know, some club shoots and whatever. And like, yeah, yeah it's, it's not bad. But as you guys know, that's a whole different animal. Being able to to step up and, you know, do something that huge is it's a huge undertaking. And, you know, you see that with all the program guys. I mean, everybody has stepped up um, and done great shows the past several years. So I was just fortunate enough to to get my name in the ring and they they pulled it out and said, let's do it. So. 
And you did a phenomenal freaking job that year, man. I do want to have an episode where it's, uh, uh, you and AJ and you and AJ and Mike and just have like a shit talking episode. But I swear to God, whether AJ likes it or not, I'm doing another episode with none of you fuckers on it. And I am going to break down the field, the competition. I'm going to say, here's what Scott's good at. Here's what Mike's good at. Here's what AJ's good at. And here's what all three suck at. <laughs> do we get to rebut? And yes, you guys can Bo's do a rebuttal. Yeah, you can come yeah, back and say, "Here's what fucking Bo sucks at." <laughs> <laughs> Bo's got a lead brick, and it's it goes on the gas pedal, and he doesn't know when to fucking stop. <laughs> okay, all right, let's get back to this. So we are all uh, semi-professional and um, hobbyist show designers. We're big fans of the modern pirate musical in this podcast. It's a place where we can get together, talk shop, talk art, and share some tips tricks news and insights with all of you and today we're going to talk about uh something that's that's very near and dear to to really all of us and i i guess before we kind of get into the the discussion on the state of of one four pro uh, scott i want to give you a chance to to kind of take the floor here and introduce yourself if you if you feel like if there's anything else you want to throw in or toss out before we kind of get rolling um the floor is yours my man Hmm. Who am I? Well, I mean, you know, I guess uh, besides being a, a hobbyist and, and fancying myself as just a fireworks lover, like we all are, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to live around some really good people um, here in Missouri. I mean, tons of guys that are big time in the industry and I've got to shoot shows with, with tons of other, you know, really well-respected guys. And, and, you know, with Mo Pyro, been a club member for many years, been around Skywars all the way back to when it was the St. Louis shoot, um, heard, heard that thing going off up the road. And I thought, Holy cow, what is that? I need to go find out what that noise is. And, you know, that kind of turned my backyard passion into something bigger. Um, but then over the years in knowing some of these guys in the industry have gotten pulled into where I help. I work with a company now importing containers, uh, for, for, you know, consumer fireworks to, to regular uh, retailers all around the country. So I have, have, you know, I, I do a little bit of that and I do a lot of show design and just have a lot of fun with fireworks. You weren't always in the fireworks industry, right? I mean, you came from a, you, you came from outside the industry and then, you know, made your passion, um, you know, a, a profession, you know, something that you, something you get up and enjoy doing every day. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was kind of, and I wasn't even really looking for it. I guess I just got kind of pulled into it, got offered something out of the blue and it, it really fit well. So I, I don't know. It, it's, it's just barely been a nice fit over the past few years. I spent a lot of late nights <laughs> working yeah. on making sure containers are where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully they are uh, making sure, uh, you know, trying to pick up new customers, trying to show people what we got, spend a lot of time at trade shows. So it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it gives you kind of a behind the curtain look that, that I didn't have before a few years ago. Um, so um, yeah, I really enjoy what I do. Good deal, man. I'd love to hear that. I always love to hear when people enjoy what they do for a living. Yeah, I would agree for sure. <laughs> I would definitely uh, agree. I, I guess we'll we'll dive in um, on on the one four pro thing, and before we kind of really get at depth here with the roundtable conversation between um, the four of us, I want to take take just a minute or two to kind of preface. Uh, the backstory on where we are with one four pro um, as an industry. So, you know, one four pro, of course, 
what I'm talking about with One Four Pro is, you know, uh, there's several lines out there that uh, that vend and distribute this stuff. Obviously, you know, Dominator, Spirit of Seventy Six, Wizard. Um, who else am I forgetting here? Um, raccoon. Raccoon. Now. Yeah, Raccoon. Um, Dark Nine Owl. Dark Am. Yeah. Yep. So One Four Pro is your single shots, um, you know, comets, mines, meteors, um, you know, slices, pro cakes, things with leaders, e-match ports, a classification of product that had its own classification here in the United States. And a lot of that was classified under, you know, UN0431. And as I understand it today, from conversations that, that I've had with sources that do import, um, you know, that classification of product that, you know, what was once previously classified classified as UN0431 is now classified as UN0336 and with an asterisk, right? UN0336 with, uh, it's basically ProLine um, under that same UN code. And I guess the problem the industry's run into is UN0336 is the same classification that we import consumer fireworks under, right? And that's um, that's what's recognized by the states. That's what's recognized by you know new leadership in in the Communist Party of China, and that's that's more or less where we're at. And within the same time frames that UN0431 became you know not a thing any longer. Um, there were talks at regulatory bodies within you know, the United States and within the pyrotechnics industry that you know maybe powder maximums should be raised at this new classification of product, whatever it was. And you know, w- perhaps we should allow flash powder inside these same, these same items. And that wound up coming to fruition, right? The uh, flash powder and in, in the uh, the grand maximums for pyrotechnic compositions were were raised, and what's more or less happened is this professional. I guess previously, you know, you needed training to get this classification of product. That classic classification of product is now kind of um, rolled over into. Uh, this UN0336, which is classified as consumer product. And, you know, the industry still has to create a definition around what constitutes uh, somebody who's qualified to, to buy and discharge this product. And I think the industry appears to have come to a crossroads where, um, now a lot of the lobbyists, you know, like the, the American Pyrotechnics Association, um, you know, you have you have a lot of bodies that kind of sit on these boards and are seriously talking about creating a definition of professional that would no longer give hobbyists access to this product. Meaning, training just isn't enough. You know, now it has to be used um, specifically on permitted and insured shows. So, um, that's is, do you do you guys believe that's a an accurate representation of? where we're at as far as you know? I'd say yes. Uh, the only thing I'd have to add is I believe that you're still able, there's no extra training at the moment that I've heard of. Uh, Scott probably helped me out here, but I think that you can still get it. You just have to have insurance and you have to have a permit for that show now. It's not. It's no longer considered still that 1-4. That's what they want to take away out of it. It's 1-4, it's but it's not. And that's the part I don't understand. 
So that's why they want you to have to do these extra things to shoot it, especially even in your own backyard. Yeah, which is like, I guess when I say, when I use the term hobbyist, you know, just assume that when we use it, I I guess at least when I'm using it in context, what I mean by that is a trained a trained professional in the sense that a, you know, we are trained to discharge and, you know, safely discharge this product, but we're doing so on unpermitted and uninsured shows. So basic because it classifies as one four. But they're also typically, you know, backyard, if you want to call it that, you know, if you call my, you know, back several acres, you know, a back typical backyard show. I mean, you're not talking about a paid show. You're not talking about a county fair. You're not talking about those kind of things. Yeah, right. Anything where you're, you know, any anything where you're commercially getting is. money. Yeah. Right. I, I don't. I don't think that that. I mean, a hundred percent. That's the kind of stuff where you know, like you're living in a gray area as it is. If if you're shooting any kind of show, you're drawing monster crowds, you know, like you're doing it on behalf of businesses and other things like that. You're just, you're opening an, an entire new floodgate of legality by shooting those kinds of shows under the guise of, you know, a hobbyist show because you don't have an insurance, you don't have a permit. And I don't think that that's, that's not necessarily the right way of doing right. those kinds of shows. Absolutely. But you're correct. Personal backyard. It's, insuring uh, your backyard it's uh it's pretty aggressive if you're just doing it with a uh, friends and family and you just like to enjoy it that's probably a solid definition of the term hobbyist right you know we're all we're all trained to discharge this product and you know to buy it and and discharge it and i think a prerequisite of buying that product needs to be you need to be able to show some kind of um like capability, you know, right? You got to show credentials to buy right. this stuff. Absolutely. And I, th- I think in some of like these precursor conversations that we had for this particular classification of product is what makes sense, right? W- what level of, hey, here's my card of whatever makes a vendor go, yep, I know that that person knows how to set up single shots. I know that person knows how to set up slices. What do you guys think? I, that's ahead, the way Jamie. it was before. You know, it's, you know, you were supposed to show responsibility, you know, some form of training that you have an electrical firing device, uh, that you set up shows, that you know how to discharge the equipment. How do you, how do you, that you know how to use an e-match, things like that. I, I still think that should stay in effect because, yeah, you need, when I see these posts on Facebook, what's this little cap on the bottom of this firework for? What's this black match stuff? What What is this? That's really concerning because how did you get your hands on it if you didn't have any training? So I, I think... That yes, 1.4 Pro, UN0336, whatever they want to call it now. Yeah, we need to have training. Everybody needs to have some form of training to truly say, I know how to do this. You know, I have my assistance license. I've had training. I've done several shows, helped on several shows. But if I'm going to shoot this in my own personal property, uh, a permit, insurance, that's, that's a lot of work and time and more money. And, uh, I don't know what the purpose of that if I'm, if I'm not 
getting paid and, for yeah, it. Yeah, or if you're if not I, in commerce. Not have, yeah, it, it's my family. It's my friends. You know, that's it's at that point, it's no different than consumer. As long as I've had the training on the on the on the product, you know, you can go out on your own personal property and shoot fireworks drunk. So what are we going to have a permit and, you know, insurance because you're shooting consumer fireworks and you're intoxicated? That that doesn't make sense. The sources that I've talked to at some of these regulatory bodies, you know, like the reg, excuse me, regulatory lobbyists within the industry, right, that are kind of working with organizations like the ATF in defining who can get their hands on this product. What's crazy is, you know, if you threw a pie graph in front of me that said, you know, here's the statistics here, Bo, here's a here's a pie chart, and this shows you exactly how many people over the last five years have been you know, gravely injured using standard consumer fireworks versus the number of people who have been gravely injured using the previous, you know, one, four articles classification of UN 0431 and not necessarily compare the overall numbers because, you know, you can't make a comparison there because a lot more people buy standard consumer than they do articles but you can still compare the percentages, right? I still think you'd be able to look at that. It's almost like that data doesn't exist, right? And I, I, it's really hard to even get a hold of data as it is on how safe standard consumer fireworks are. Well, I mean, you, you kind of know some of those. If you even just Google, you know, worst firework, it, like, oh God, I forget what I Googled one time. But when you look at it, it's the three basics that we all know. It's sparklers, Roman candles and bottle fountains because it's people just being stupid with them. That's, yeah. that's the stuff that every kid shoots at each other. It's the lack of knowledge and stupidity too, though. <laughs> and yeah. if they're used the way that they're supposed to, I know that's a great assumption, but the pro stuff being that you have to have a system, you're not going to be anywhere near it, or you're probably not going to be sitting there with the remote right over your rack, blowing things up. You're going to have the right it's distance. You're going to be away. Exactly. So why, why we? That's how I got started into you know remote firing system, the consumer standard reloadable shells and cakes and you know light and stuff and trying to have you know some continuing uh, fireworks without dead space. It got really dangerous, really dangerous. If that was just consumer. Yeah. You know, just going to the store, the box shelf store, grabbing a couple of cakes and reloadable shells and. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, you know, the, like the, the worst things that can happen, I think it's, it's safe to assume that they, they probably will happen, but I mean, it's just, it just seems so crazy to me that so much effort goes into the internal policing of this particular classification of product that like I would have thought from the outside looking in before I knew, I, I guess what I know now in talking to the people that I've talked to that are plugged into these organizations is I would have thought that this classification of product is probably a surefire, super safe classification of product period, because you have to show, you have to show so much uh, competence in order to source it. The one thing that is crazy to me. And I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, how, how many of you guys have taken a PGI shooters course? I took one. I've taken a PGI shooters course and then I've taken a local display companies course as well. Okay. So I, I guess, well, I will, I'll ask you guys one at a time this. So 
and this is not at, you know, like my intention with this is not to call out the PGI, but I think I, I think I know what kind of answer I'm going to get just because we've kind of talked about this stuff offline, at least AJ and I have Scott, I don't think you and I have. So I guess I'll, I'll start with you, Scott, the PGI course. Um, when you took the PGI course, how much, if any time did they spend on the old UN 0431 articles pyrotechnic? I mean, how often did they specifically, you know, kind of point out, hey, here's how you safely handle and discharge this particular classification of product? You know, there, there wasn't a whole lot. I, I can say that it's been a long time. It's been 10 plus yeah. years since I took that course. Um, that was way back at a St. Louis shoot. I think the last year of a St. Louis shoot, um, that I did that, but you know, most of that course was talking about setbacks and talking about, you know, all these goofy things. If you're on a rooftop, if you're on a barge, if you're, there was all of those things that you had to answer instead of, you know, they, they definitely could tailor the test better to, to this classification of fireworks for sure. But you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, matching shells and you're talking about dropping shells, that's, not that much different. I mean, the, the basic principles that you have there also apply to, you know, setting up your, your racks of, of single shots and, you know, a lot of that stuff carries over, but they typically, at least in my class, it didn't, you know, it didn't particularly mention this, uh, yeah, know, yeah, right. this type of, uh, firework. And I think, I mean, like setbacks and things like that, I guess, in, in some kind of close procs stuff, you know, like comets, mine slices, things like that, non-breaking effects, you know, th- they, they operate a little differently, right? Like you said, the, the, uh, handling the product is more or less the same. I mean, you're going to, whether, whether you're using a port to match a shell, a, you know, a breaking shell, or you're using it to match a, a slice or a single shot, the concept is still the same. So, you know, they do teach you that. And I feel like they do a good job of, of conveying, you know, how this works. Right. But, you know, as yes. far as, as far as solidifying, Hey, you know, this is a slice, right? Cause I, I know a lot of, you know, even professional guys that will take their first look at a slice years after being in the business and go, what the hell am I looking at? What is this? Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of that information that I learned was outside of the course. It was being involved in a local club, being involved in Mopiro. Mm-hmm. It was going out there and saying, hey, how can I help? And, you know, having an experienced shooter show you, you know, what should and shouldn't be done. Yeah. AJ, would you say it's more or less the, is that consistent with your experience with the PGI shooters course? Yep. That's exactly how it was. And I mean, just like Scott said, though, it's it's all the basic concepts of the same thing, but it could be definitely better if they would take out like and add single shots and show you these things and explain to you exactly the same rules. You know, don't stick your head over this and how to match and et cetera, et cetera. Those things would be way more helpful. Granted, like he said, it's it's the same concept, but yeah, it's more detailed to one three only, and that's basically what that course really is for it's mainly for the one three guys to you know redo their license you know i will say that the hands-on part of that course and i know there's some out there that don't have a hands-on day or hands-on time um but man we went out there and you know that that second day of that shooter's course we uh, i mean we all hand lit a three-inch show we all um trying to remember what all he did you know, loaded a shell upside down so we could see what that looked like when that, you know, happened. Um, shot one through a half inch sheet of plywood so you can mm-hmm. see how how destructive even a shell that small is. 
And, you know, that puts some perspective that helped you respect, you know, that, that product you think, Absolutely. Oh, that's a little, that's not a big deal. And, and having that part of it, what was great. I mean, it definitely taught you the respect and like, wow, that's little, but that still does a lot of damage. So what they're saying uh, is it's just like just the, that three, like a three inch shell, just, I mean, it, it shoots through a piece of plywood, like paper, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The plywood it's, like wiggles for like a second and that's it. <laughs> that's because it just goes through it so quickly that it doesn't even flop it around. It's just like, and you're like, did it move? And you're like, did wow. it show? I did go through there. <laughs> you're like, wow, that would go through my head in an heartbeat. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm pretty sure our guy put up a, uh, you know, raw little not alive a chicken you know up there and blew that and obviously that didn't stand a chance but kind of a, an illustration of hey here's where your hand would look like you know with pieces all around the field or your head or whatever so i'm so glad that you clarified that because i would have hated to have gone into editing on this podcast uh, we, and come back and be like oh, the, yeah here. that's right that's right we just like oh scott just said they shot a chicken i can't believe we just heard that and rolled with it <laughs> yeah well i i think um i'm not personally a member of the PGI. We have, there's a lot of guys in OPAG that are, are members of the PGI. Um, and you know, like I, I always just kind of hear about it and I know there's a lot of members of our community on the forums and the Facebook groups that we frequent that are members of the PGI. It would just would be, it would be really cool. And I just, I feel like the state of articles pyrotechnic is, is finally to that, that inflection point where I, you know, I'm sad to say, I feel like we're going to lose it. And it almost makes you wish that this grand series of events in the way that things have, have kind of gone for the last few years, you know, something had kind of, I, I don't know, the butterfly batted its wings a little differently. Right. So we don't have the butterfly effect that we have now. Cause I just feel like the industry has kind of gotten itself in, in this situation. And, and I know, um, and when I say the industry has kind of gotten itself in this situation, I believe that the discussions on raising the um, pyrotechnic material maximums and adding flash to the articles classification of product that was that predates, you know, China basically saying, "Hey, you know, fuck you guys, we're, we're no longer going to make this stuff because it's it's not something that we recognize." You know that that kind of predates that, and that sucks. Right, because that means there were folks that looked at the articles pyrotechnic line of product as a means to okay, we source so much of this stuff, and we can get this stuff, I, albeit easier, if we're a commercial entity, and you know if we can raise all of this stuff and essentially start getting what currently classified as one three product in using the one four supply chain, then it's going to get rid of red tape and it's going to get rid of regulatory issues and things like that. And then it just kind of sucks that all of the dominoes that fell after that decision was made has kind of led us to a point where we're now we're looking at not having access to single shots anymore, not having access to slices anymore. And that's going to cause some real creative heartaches for a lot of people be difficult and it would also add to our workload because <laughs> we'd be going back in time pretty much 
Well, there's like, I mean, have you seen, dude, uh, you've seen a lot of guys on the Facebook group. There's a lot of guys in the Facebook group. They're just like, fuck this, man. I'm not, I'm done. If I have to take a, a whole bunch of single shots and then like make my own, um, out of UN0336 consumer stuff, then screw it. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know that, you know, I, I, we all use a lot of singles and I sure as shit do not want to pull apart. I hate pulling cakes apart. You know, I'll like, pull row fuse to create poor man slices. And that's where I like to leave it because everything else is just so much fucking work. And I don't, I already have enough work for myself and you know, the, the way that the show is designed inherently, I don't feel like I would enjoy putting up that caliber of show. If I had to add another 15 man hours to prepping it. It's probably more now because you got to find the product to find the effect you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no kidding. Well, yeah, and depending on when this much. happens, you know, depending on when it happens, you're going to have to have companies that create those cakes that like like that full blown line and and those kind of things that are hey, here's a whole cake of comets or mines or whatever. Yeah, I really hope that there's manufacturers out there that would do that. I already told dad that, you know, if, if this winds up happening, you know, the, the lake probably isn't going to be what it, what it was. Cause I don't know that I'm going to go to those links to do it. You know, if, if some cakes have to be pulled apart to, to create a certain effect or to get single shots, I don't mind doing it to a degree, but my shows aren't going to be what they are today. It goes back to what Scott was saying earlier that, you know, it's, it can become a heavy workload if, that's all you do is eat, live, breathe, research, and tearing apart work. And then you get burned out. And that's going to quickly burn out our already small community because of the workload alone. Yeah, that was the whole purpose of the pro line was to get away from us ripping stuff apart and finding stuff and then ending up with one row of this, you know, four tubes of this and stuff laying around everywhere and poking here and doing this. It was just like, Oh, pull this out, put the igniter in, put it in the rack. Make it safer. Exactly. Safer because it's, you're not tearing stuff apart in your garage, exposing, poking around in anything, uh, your, you know, the lift charge and stuff. You're not having to cover little holes with duct tape and everything else that you have to do. It's no, it's put the igniter in done. You're good. It's, it's almost like the one shot should be completely reclassified from the flash powder stuff. And I think we probably all would agree with that. I, I at least those four, I know there's plenty of guys that love the boom out there. But, but man, if you could just snap your fingers and say, this gets fixed, if the thousand gram cakes go away, those are, you know, have their own classification and we all still get the one shots and the slices, we would do that in a second, I assume. I mean, we all, when we first heard that classification was coming out though, like every one of us was like, wow, that's actually kind of cool. We're going to be able to have a little more, but I expected more designer cakes, that's yeah. what I was hoping it was going to bring out something special, something they couldn't normally do that special effect that you only saw in like one, three zipper cakes and stuff, you know, and they made slices out of those or did something really awesome. We've never seen before. Yeah. I love it. Like, nope, let's just go. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> if I was a display company and I was importing one, three and I had all, so many of these smaller venues, I would love that. Would it be correct to assume 
smaller shows, display companies tend to kind of stiff arm and shy away from just because the money's not there. I mean, is it, is that a safe assumption? Do you guys see that? I would think so. I mean, I think it would also be because you just can't put on a very good show for something like that. But you, you were onto something there. Like when you started saying that, I'm like, you know, that would make more sense if it would be, you know, separate that thousand gram cake, one, four and six grams of flash and salute cakes and stuff like that. Make it a different, it's still one, four, but it's got to be under a different training classification. You got to be for like businesses and such to use. The thousand grams of pyrotechnic materials and um, flash inside of devices. I understand why entities wanted that, you know, if they're in that professional space. What I don't agree with is the APA, it's a regulatory body that, you know, basically tries to lobby on behalf of the fireworks industry. And more or less, that's that's what they're doing, right? They're lobbying on behalf of companies, right? But I, I feel like in this particular instance, you know, hobbyists are really not being represented at this table. And to clump single shots into the same category as all these, you know, flash cakes, salutes, and everything's like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's separate the two. Well, but like we talked about too, you start separating it, you start having different classifications, then you have to start policing different classifications, and it's just more work. And, I, you know, I don't see that happening. I don't see them this wanting to true. work harder this to police true. more. Would you agree that that's probably why, you know, we're more than likely looking at losing access to this product period? Because like the alternative is somebody somewhere, whether it be the ATF or, you know, somebody intra to this industry has a higher workload. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Unfortunately, I think, you know, it looks like we're just going to be collateral damage, Uh, just something that kind of happened uh, you know, in this, this change, this course of changes. Yeah. yeah. Cause the people that are actually going against this, I don't see them reaching out and asking the hobbyists, the people who actually use this stuff responsibly, you know, what's your opinion on it? What do you think we should do? It's just like, we're going to, this is what we're going to do and deal with it. Simple as that. Sorry. Hope you had your fun. Great. You've been responsible with it, but now we're going to take away your fun. It sucks that you feel like you don't have, and I'm, and I'm totally talking within the confines of people that are supposed to care about everybody within the industry. I'm not talking about just commercial entities. I'm not talking about just users, you know, like somewhere in there, you know, we lie. You know, somewhere in there is is the hobbyist, non-commerce, uh, non-commercial user, and you. I feel like I don't know. For the most part, it's just a small percentage of of shooters that Scott, like you said, nobody gives a. Sh- I mean, it's just sorry. You know, you're gonna lose it, and you got to do what you got to do. So now it's like, if you want to use this stuff, you almost have to. Uh, you have to go out and do it under the flag of, you know, one of your, one of your nonprofit clubs, or, you know, you have to get involved and, and either, you know, get permits and get insurance to do this, which is everybody knows if when you're doing backyard stuff, if it's just your backyard show, that is a monumental task. And yeah, that is so cost prohibitive to get insurance for a lot of those. I mean, you sure you can go out and pursue ship show, but how many vendors truly provide ship show and have a healthy selection 
of the product that we utilize. It's not a ton. No, it's not. No, it's a bigger liability for them if this goes into effect too, isn't it? Well, I think well, it's absolutely. people that want that. It, it affects I mean, the. I, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. It would. I think it would affect them. Like I'm looking at it from, you know, PGI class. Like we were just talking about. If you have that, you go to one of these places and you're like, hey. I have this training here and I can buy this stuff and they don't know you. You're just some random person. Would you, if you had a company, would you give that person insurance and the product? You have no idea who they are. So to them that I, I would agree with Jamie, it'd be more of a liability for that instead of leaving it at that person's responsibility. Well, think of how much that affects the guys that, you know, they're not, they're, they're importing. Sure. But, you know, think of their primary business is, is they're a vendor, right? They're a vendor and they have a healthy business um, with the prosumer, right? Our market. These guys that, you know, don't make up a huge slice of the overall shooter pie, right? They're not consumers just going out and, and buying things retail or even a chunk of the guys that are just buying things wholesale. But we buy a lot of this stuff, right? And it, it makes up a percentage of their business. It affects those vendors monetarily financially it affects those people oh absolutely it, it, it does it, but we're so we're such a tiny fraction i mean i, I can you know from being on the the importing side and, and bringing regular consumer fireworks in for customers it's and this prosumer side is it's just so small that, that i mean that's why we don't have a seat at the table that's why we don't have a voice which it's is kind of weird oh. It's no, kind no, of weird just, why they're attacking us over it or why they're attacking that product. It's such a small percentage. And th- what's the reason? What's the reason for it? I mean, we know why. We know why. Yeah, <laughs> I don't just, know that I don't know that the folks that I've talked to that are very much, you know, they are the opposition. Those are the people that that kind of look at this classification product and go, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous for consumers. It's too dangerous for people that, you know, that, that aren't licensed or they're you know, they just have they don't know how to do this stuff. I don't I think to Scott's point, they're not even considering really that we exist. And even when you say to them, hey, I don't lump myself into the bucket of your standard Joe Blow consumer that's going out and buying bottle rockets and jamming shit in my ass and you know having my friends light it. Like that's 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 not where I that's not where so I put like myself. Yeah. You notice he didn't say he doesn't do it. He said he doesn't put himself in that yeah, category. I, I, I don't put myself in that category. Make sure I blur my face on those YouTube videos. But I always make sure that they get my good side. You know, it wasn't like we, we got into fireworks and the first thing we did was like, oh, I want to go to PGI certification and I'm going to start buying this pro line. That wasn't the first thing we did. We all started on consumer and learned our fireworks. We learned how to do things prior to even getting into that. So, I mean, really when we got into pro, you were pretty much doing everything you're doing with pro. It just pro made it easy for you. That's all it was. It was safer too. So much safer. Absolutely. Then a straight consumer product, you know, being able to shoot 62 millimeter shells electronically versus reloaded and canister shells. Night and day. Nine on the board. Night night and day. Nine on a board, you know, trying to shoot those individually. It's just so much safer for the consumer itself. But yeah, you need the training. Absolutely. 
But I think a lot of people now aren't doing it that way. I mean, it, we, we all did it the responsible way, whether we joined clubs and, and took courses. Man, you, you spend two minutes on YouTube and you look at these guys, look look what I just bought. And they're just lighting some thousand gram cake off without knowing at all what they're doing. And that's unfortunately what's happened. And that's why we're here. Yeah. I mean, I'll there should be some type of training to be able to get that. So how did they get it to just do something like that? The PGI class. I mean, if you're smart by any degree, you can pass that class. I'll make it known to everybody. My wife beat me well, by one how question. About we, how about we change the class and actually make it legit? You know? well, well, no, and it's like, I don't know that it's... I, I, oh, sorry. I completely agree that it this product should have very well been taken into consideration when they were making curriculum for these courses, right? Because I, I don't think, and this is just me personally, I don't think showing a 54 or even really knowing what I know about the PGI course and talking to the people that I've talked to when it comes to one four pro and a vendor saying, Hey Bo, show me your 54 or show me your PGI shooters class, you know, your shooters you know, that you passed your shooters course. So I can sell you this. I don't know that those qualify you to buy it. You know, 54, I'm just, that's kind of like a, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, it's like 54 change. Yeah, I, 54 is in any anybody who can fill out a form and pass a, an FBI background check and their interview process is going to get their 54. Yeah, I think we just talked about this the other night that you could never shot a firework in your life, know, know what an E-match is, never done any of that PGI training whatsoever. Like you'd have no idea, no distances, you know, what things actually do, but you can go get your 54 and what does that mean? Now you can buy this stuff. And they've had no training, period, whatsoever. So what makes it so much worse for people who actually have to go for training to go get this stuff? Why can someone who's never done it before in their life be able to get it? So Are you asking for government to make sense? I mean, seriously? <laughs> Essentially what you're saying is somebody has no training, less training than us, can just go get a license be like hey i'm going to shoot this big stuff i have no clue what i'm doing see that's what i mean it's let's take for example we all get our driver's license cell phones weren't such a big of an issue when we took our driver's test learn how to drive and it was a whole lot safer driving is a whole lot more dangerous now and those classes need to adapt and teach our teenagers hey you need to not play on your phone. You need to pay attention to others on the road. Same thing for fireworks. Fireworks are a lot more dangerous, a lot more powerful. Let's teach people the proper way to actually handle these instead of just, oh, you look good. You get a check mark. No, yeah, either that or like, you know, create intra industry. You know, get together at, you know, APA as protective of an agency as that is, right? You know, they're made to be the shield for the pyrotechnics industry, right? So I can't, I have the hardest time believing that these guys will, you know, sit, sit at this level and, and not talk about training, um, but instantly come up with, you know what, instead of training people up or completely considering uh, a certain subclassification of shooter that very much relies on this product, we're just going to not consider them at all and, you know, decide maybe, yeah, maybe we should just keep the training suck level and then 
move and just kind of move past it, right? We'll just move past it and make it illegal and make it, you know, so these people are in violation of federal law if they have this product. We'll I mean, I hate saying it, but that's, that's easy. That's the easy yeah. way out. It's the easy it is. Button. Yep. I mean, it's like punishing everybody for one person's mistake. That is so old school. Yeah, but what's crazy? <laughs> there is no mistake. That's oh, the there, there is Why there is a mistake. Punished? There is no, a mistake. Oh, the mistake is the industry's mistake. The mistake yeah, is their mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Which is even worse to me. It's like how in the hell do you? <laughs> I, I mean, does it, it's crazy? And I get time. Fix it. Did you just work? hit yourself? Well, it's now a, I'm going to hit you. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit you for hitting yourself. And now they're making a law that says that uh, you know that I should be policed because uh, you're in fear that I'm going to hit myself. It's dumb. This classification of product, they pined for it to increase the powder maximums and increase like, and actually, you know, be more inclusive of the stuff that historically you don't want consumers to have. Yeah, the stuff the, you saw on YouTube that you were like, oh, that's going, that guy's going to jail. Yeah. So they let the people that sit on these boards allowed the in their industry um you know the people that were lobbying to them they came to them like hey uh you know take this classification of product and include all this shit in it so we have the ability to to use it in a professional setting and cut a whole bunch of red tape to me it's like you should be able to objectively look at those people telling you that's what they want and say you know what okay, we need to consider all factors before we make a decision to do this. And clearly that did not happen. It seems like they made a mistake and instead of owning up to it, let's just, oh, let's just take it away from everybody so they don't hurt themselves. Or like, hey, do you have the X-Files thing? You need to play that right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It'll look like it's their fault instead of ours. Theory. The Illuminati confirmed. There you go. I thought that was X-Files. I was going to say, that sounds just like X-Files. No, it's, it's, it's the meme that, yeah, it's the meme that they use for Illuminati confirmed. I, like, I, I think it's naive to assume that that's a mistake. Yeah, that's they, where they I was just going with. <laughs> was it planned? Yep. I, I mean, you know, who possibility. Knows? Who knows? Yeah, but I don't still. know. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we played the we played the conspiracy theory theme music, so I guess we can go into conspiracy theory world now. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, to, to, yeah, I think you're you know for the most part, you very well could be right. I mean, there's because I you can't claim to know the intentions and the agendas that these entities came to the table and came to the regulatory lobbyists and said, "Hey, we want this." And, you know, we, we want this because of this, look at this big shiny thing over here. But, you know, it, I have a hard time when I, when, when some like when you guys propose that to AJ, when you told me that before, like, Oh man, it might be a conspiracy. I looked at it and I said, you know, those companies doing that, you know, they're very, I, I believe they're very much looking out for their, their own interests and their own interests are very much how do I lower my costs? Right. And, and their costs are, there's so much regulatory costs associated with, you know, importing and using one three that if you can just use one four, you know, you might not have to go through there. There might, you might be eliminating 15 steps by being able to substitute a class of product 
that you otherwise may not have been able to before. But it just so happens that, you know, while they're like, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this, on the other side of that is the shitty part, which is us, right? Which is that the hobbyist prosumer no longer being able to have access to this stuff. So by them trying to do this, does this relieve them of liability now? Does that help them in that way? Uh, I mean, they still have to like, when they go out and shoot a show, insurance permits, all of the things you would normally show for a one, a standard commercial, you know, in commerce one, three show, I'm assuming you're gonna have to show that same stuff to access this new product classification of one, four air quotes, finger quotes. Um, does it relieve them of liability? I don't know how much liability did they have to begin with, right? Because the guys that import that stuff, you know, they're, we have shown them um, proof of training on, on us using it. So we're uh, effectively assuming that liability when we sign those waivers and releases. So when they, when they put their product in the hands of companies that are insured and have permits and, you know, are shooting that stuff uh, commercially, the liability is then on them. Now, whether or not some lawyer that, you know, some lady got blown up at a a show or something is not going to chase down everybody that they can in that chain. That's a totally different story. I would assume. Yeah. But same thing at your your backyard of your house, having a show. You think you're their friend until something like that happens. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's one four or one four pro or anything else. Yeah. They slip on your, you know, where you, water the lawn, they slip and fall. You know, it doesn't really matter. Yep. You mean I can get 2 million for my slip and fall? Oh, sorry, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. (laughs) So when I go to Sky Wars and I trip all over those wires on your line, Scott, can I sue you? Um, That's my pyro. You you would be able to sue me because I have to to beat the crap out of you for doing it. So that's what you could sue me for. (laughs) 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 Oh my God, I'm dying. Yeah. At least you could take shit. I don't know. I, I mean, I got something to add to something we were talking about earlier is you know, that PGI training and the things that go on with that. This year, when I was at that training course, <clears throat> I noticed the the demographic of people that were there. They weren't your normal, like when you would see people who were trying to get into fireworks or, you know, were into fireworks there to re-update their license, you know. And you saw people that you would see on YouTube, I guess is a better way to put it. Like, you know, the stuff where you're, guys like oh look at this overload cake i got you saw those people go in there and those were the people going after that new product line that's where they should have known that these people would be going to well and and so where i'm at with that though is you can very much take a stupid person and educate them into a smart person if, if you just get them involved and that's what i'm saying if you if you slap them with the right book and knowledge and, you know, you get them involved in, you know, something that they clearly already have an interest in. I mean, that's why the club, like the club scene is so valuable and so important. And, you know, this is just another plug and a reason to go get involved with, with clubs is like, 
you know, these people not only want to help you, but they want to teach you how to do things the right way and the safe way. And, you know, a lot of times that the hobbyist club scene is probably more strenuous and overbearing a lot of times than some of the professionals that I've seen, because, you know, there's, there's so many type A personalities that live in that world, but everybody for the most part has the good intention of, of trying to show you how to do things the right way. But I'm, I, that's not what I'm saying though. I'm saying like the people that I saw at these courses, are the same people that buy overload cakes and shoot them off in their driveway. And they're not there for the single shots, the comets. They're not there for the pretty cakes and things like that. They're there for one reason and one reason only. And that's what is going to ruin it for everything. And why they allowed that to happen, knowing that. Well, what do you, I, like, you're still, you're talking about why, what, pretty much how that classification is going to ruin it this year. Like you're going to see it this year. I think from a few people we all talk about, Scott, you probably heard the same saying, it's going to be the loudest 4th of July you ever heard in your life. I've, I've heard that a couple of times. And what is that going to do? <laughs> Cops. Yep. This, yeah, gonna but make I, a like, lot of people upset. Somebody's going to get hurt. Right. But I can like the With people that are line. the, the people that just take, shit out into their driveway and shoot it off. And that's like, they're because if somebody's going out and buying overloads, like legitimately buying black market overloads and they have no ties to the commercial side of fireworks whatsoever, they're not, they're not going out and taking PGI shooter courses. Like it's, it would, I would have assumed this year would have been too early for that anyway. Cause they just, they, they just made the classification change on powder compositions and yeah. But like, how long did it take somebody to learn? Here's what I have to do in order to get this product. It doesn't take much. You go on YouTube, you can go on Facebook and type it, become a new member. Hey guys, what do I need to get pro line? You'll get 30 people instantly. You got to take a PGI course. You got to do this kind of training, get a shooter training. It's simple to find out. It's just a couple of clicks nowadays. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, I saw those people there. Like, I'm not trying to judge anyone, but I mean, I talked to a few of those people and all I kept hearing was, which one's got the biggest boom, which one's got this. And I'm like, you probably don't need that. Because <laughs> yeah, we essentially made the OL easily accessible. So the OL users... Are now using this new ruined it, and they're the ones that are going to get someone hurt. And now, guess what? Like we were talking about earlier, haven't really heard of anybody getting hurt with Proline. Now you're going to hear about it this summer, and that's what they need. That's where the whole conspiracy theory comes from. It's you. You can put too many things together with that. I mean, I don't think anybody wanted anybody to get hurt. I definitely don't go that far, but. Was it a, I mean, to, to sit there and say that you didn't know that this would happen, that you didn't know that the thousand gram cake market would explode when you did this. And I don't mean explode. You know what I mean? <laughs> Zing. You know, grow exponentially. You know what I mean? Unintended. Exactly. <laughs> but they knew that was going to happen. And I mean, surely nobody wants anybody to get hurt, but you knew that more people were going to be coming after this and, you know, specifically for those and not for the artistic single shots. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it goes back to, um, but it, maybe it goes back to create, I don't know. I, 
if you create another classification of product, Scott, I wholeheartedly agree with you that it would just be something else for um, the industry to try to police and the ATF sure as hell isn't going to want to police it. I mean, they already don't want to have to uh, police this. It's just why they more or less came to the industry. They came to the APA and the NFA and said, Hey, what do we do? You know, how do we, how do we interpret this? But they've officially asked for a uh, clarification and you know, it's, it's now up to, these organizations at the highest level to provide them with a path forward on what makes sense for pyrotechnics. So, you know, now you have organizations like uh, the APA and the NFA, um, and I can't lump those two into the same category because I truly believe that one of them is in favor of, and one of them is opposed to one uh, four pro being in the hands of, you know, traditional prosumer hobbyists. I just, like you said, we are collateral damage. No, I agree. We're small fish. They don't care about us. Like you said, it, four people talking right now isn't going to change anything. Even if you got every pyro that you could think of and their friends, we're just a small little tiny flick compared to everybody, the consumer side. So we're just, I guess you use the best word, collateral damage. Damn it. That's okay. What did you just say? Was it say that first <laughs> one for me again? I got I got my list out. No, say, say, say it the way you said it the first time. Collater, collater collateral, collateral, specifically collateral, specifically collateral. <laughs> Organized. Uh, oh, one day, I love that you, video <laughs> your hair is going to make it on the internet, on the whole universe. And, and people are going to say, hey, Paul, I need you to get this on there as soon as possible. <laughs> I'm going to take a look <laughs> at it and go, man, that's a beautiful head of hair that guy's got there. What are we talking about? Oh, it'll be edited. <laughs> it'll be edited. <laughs> it'll pay be edited. I was going to say, I'm lucky I don't, I'm not talking to a video editor. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay someone for that one. Makeup, whole nine yards. <laughs> be a great slofy moment. Sorry, you got plenty of photos of me. I'm going to go south real quick. <laughs> so... I don't know. I mean, so I, I guess we've, we've kind of chatted about this for, I'd probably, this we're probably going on an hour and what, hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes now. Um, do you guys feel like there's, I, is there anything else that you guys feel we want to cover in, in discussing one four pro the state of one four pro and, you know um, I guess potentially either what the world looks like next or, you know, do you guys believe that there's anything that we can do? I got no problem, you know, referring people to you know, the APA's website to say, Hey, um, you know, send, fill out the contact form and, and send it off to the APA and say, Hey guys, did you consider us in, uh, in your recommendations? <laughs> I mean, that's probably the only thing that can be done really. Right. Yeah. But how many people you think will do it? I don't know. Please just do it. Playing devil's advocate though. And I hate doing this. I really do. But you know, if, if something's disorganized, even when it is your backyard show, as soon as you call it show and it's a, it's a display of sorts, you know, and it's organized and it's designed and it's whatever it is. I mean, isn't it easy for any regulation or for any, any powers that be to say, we need to regulate this. This is something different than 
you know, what the guy's buying at the tent. This is, you know, this is different. So I think it's easy to lump in with display companies or people that need to be licensed, permitted, insured. Um, I mean, we all talk about how intricate our shows are, how involved they are. I mean, they're legitimate productions. So I think it's easy for them just to say, yep, these need to be lumped in with that. We're done. Yeah. I, I think just, in a court, I just swing it. <laughs> I think in a, in a court of law, you know, uh, some, some lawyer somewhere would be able to look at any, any of our shows and go, Oh, well, I mean, they say this is a backyard show, but I mean, look at this. Who's that guy? Do you know him? Is that uncle Bob? It's not your uncle Bob. Okay. Well then this is clearly a, a show, but that's, that's like anybody's passion and hobby. You know, you got people that like to landscape and do nice things in the yard. And then you got this one person, they're not a professional landscaper, but they get the most eccentric water fountains and walls. And they did it all themselves. Cause they truly love that aspect of it. Um, when you get into fireworks, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, musicals, Yeah, they're much more eccentric and a lot more work, but we truly love it. We're not doing it for, you know, money. We're doing it because it's beautiful art, artistic, expressing ourselves, but we also do it in a safe manner and took courses and training to lump us on and punish everybody because somebody else is abusing it. How about we punish the person abusing it and train more and require more specific stipulations to buy it versus, Oh, well, no, you got to get a permit to shoot in your backyard. (laughs) But I mean, we all know that's not the way government works. I mean, you get a cold and you can't go buy Sudafed because some ding dongs making meth with it, you know, half a County away. Yeah. You got to show your driver's license. Yeah. It's always the, whoever's screwing with it the most or the least, sorry, who, you know, it just takes one idiot to ruin it for everybody. That's just always how it is with everything. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately. I wish though that, you know, the lobbyists that, that the industry looks at and kind of says, okay, Hey, you know, we're relying on you guys to make sure, you know, back to the Sudafed reference, you know, like you, you would, there's a, there's enough money behind Big Pharma, I guess Big Pharma is like the probably the worst example in the world because I think they'd be chief most like, oh yeah, man, we got to make this totally regulated so we can, you know, charge fifty x of what you can buy it for over the counter, the generic. But, um, but yeah, like you want to know that there's people in positions of power that are willing to, at the bare minimum, step to the plate on your behalf to make sure that there's a voice in place for you. So you feel included in the grand scheme of things, because I, I wholeheartedly believe in this movement that there's really nobody sitting at the table, you know, and unless you, and, and I mean like sitting at the table, sitting within the organization saying, Hey, are we considering hobbyists? Are we considering prosumers? You know, maybe the industry has just been a little too lax to Jamie's point on you know, training that we've put in place or, you know, maybe even non-existent training for this particular classification of product, which by the way, the entire industry took for granted, it sounds like for a billion years, you know, uh, you had one, three and you had one, four, and then a couple tiny other subclassifications. But in reality, that subclassification from China wasn't even really a real thing. It was something that China was just like, okay, well, you know, the U.S. wants this, so we'll, we'll send it to them. Um, <laughs> Think about it's this been, way too. We had so much over that you said took it for granted. 
it was very rare to like, you know, get this stuff or people for them to go after the stuff. Like you said, it's a small market, but when those other laws came into play, that's when you see everything, just who's buying, you know, you see a lot more going out. Why is that? Because it's only because of that one classification. That's what we really, truly just need to get rid of. It would make everything better. And a hundred percent goes back to the way it was. By that classification, you're talking about like, you know, anything that would basically qualify the, the old stuff as, you know, tradi- like now one, three product, you know, above 500 grams and in the inclusion of flash. Correct. Yes. Just the way it was before. Yep. Because I, I wholeheartedly believe if you have yeah. product that's, you know, it's 500 grams and even less than that, I don't even know what the the standard is for, you know, I, I know like a canister shell, standard 60 gram canister shell, 60 yeah. grams of pyrotechnic material. But what the fuck is it in a single shot? And what is it in a mine? What is it in a comet? I mean, it, it varies greatly because at that point, the manufacturer is truly trying to make a product that, you know, fits the utility of what the designer wants to use it for. Whereas consumer doesn't do that at all. They're just trying to cram as much into one 500 gram cake as they can to meet that, um, that limitation. And then boom, out the door it goes. Which is why cakes do, especially Mm -hmm. when you start throwing flash in it. (laughs) Yeah. In reality too, most pro line cakes are the same cake as a consumer cake. I mean, there's uh, a few cakes that are all the similar or different, obviously the single shot or the single fat cakes and things like that. Well, but the they're pro, the, pro and that's just, it's the exact same cake. There is no difference. One's got a port on it and that's it. Yeah. Well, it depends on what consumer you're talking about. If you're, if you're talking about a pro line cake versus a non pro line version of that cake. Yeah. There's not a port on it. There's not a finale row on it, but if you're talking about just the traditional consumer cake, there's crackle and there's tons of green. Oh, it's no, no. I'm talking about, a, a specific, like, yeah, I don't yeah, want to call that one, but like if one's got a red strobe and the other one's got a red strobe in consumer, it's the exact same cake. There's yeah, no difference. Well, no, there, well, yeah, there's difference. There's differences in like the makeup of the fusing, but I'm like, you're, we're talking strictly in terms of like, you know, if, you, if you're comparing like Dominator's DM line versus, you know, PFX. Uh, yeah, PFX, like the only difference, like it's the exact Finales same effect makeup, like compositionally, but you've got like, I don't think the uh, Proline version had a finale row, for example. Correct. Right. But, it's, but I mean, it's the same. It's the There's same no, effect. You're right. And you're not getting correct. any more. Ones, yeah. It's a 500 yeah. gram is a 500 gram. There's nothing yes. different than those cakes. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Like the, but like, like Proline stuff initially when, when Proline first, you know, kind of became a, a big deal. Like a lot of pro lines just really like you would see the 500 gram cake lines. They were just like, you know, straight peonies or, you know, like even the, like the PFX 30 lineup um, of like the, the fan finale cakes, you know, you, you get like color options, like a full, like a fan mine, which is your low level effect up to your mid-level 30 millimeter insert break effects. Like, Five rows of that exact same effect with the exact same color. Good luck finding that in a consumer makeup. Yeah. I, oh, that no. is my I, most. I have so many cases of that. I like buy like five to 10 every year because I use it so much. It's, to lose that is 
it's heartbreaking. Yeah, because you're you're losing the ability to to take product that they specifically made to fill um, a very specific need. Niche. Right. I mean, being able to take those different colors, like a lot of those colors and kind of like mix and match and create different color palettes in the sky is now a lot harder if you just try to do that within the confines of standard consumer, right? It's very, very hard to find a cake that's just that's in the configuration of a lot of these cakes that we've come to rely on from ProLines that you use for very specific. I don't needs. think those would change though. I think they would, those companies would just make it a, I mean, they are one for, like I said, the only thing that makes it one for pro is the match on it. Well, I know, but what I'm, what I'm saying though is if, and when it ends like tomorrow, PFX 30, for example, PFX 30, say you get your, you know, your, your green finale kick, right? If I wanted to take and split the field with my green finale rose and then, you know, throw like a, you know, uh, throw like my magenta and pink on the other side, you know, my purple. Um, I can't find that there is not a version of PFX 30 in that same row configuration that is rewrapped as a, as a consumer cake in that realm. It just doesn't But I think exist. it would be. I think they would, you know, That's see that. I, I do think that that change would happen. The problem um, is the single shots. Yeah, hundred percent. The problem is single shots. Cakes, we lose. We can fix the cake issue. We lose the single shots. Even if those same comments are in a cake, you just like we talked earlier. You just tripled your workload, and it's not fun anymore. Yep. This is the most depressing episode ever. It is. This is <laughs> I'm so melancholy, dude. As much as I know, I want to start crying. There's no like. There's been no laughing. There's no. Other people should be involved in this too. Like, if you take out the, the the fun, now you're cutting corners. Now it's even on more unsafe. It's, it's stupid. Or just put it this way, anybody with a firing system that sells firing systems out there, think how much this is going to affect your business. Yeah. Because I, I can guarantee you right now, I don't need that much equipment if I can't shoot single shots. So I'm going to start selling it. And so will a lot of other people. They're it's okay. You can use my name, AJ. And this ad was sent in brought to you by <laughs> I can't, oh no, no. This mic drop was brought to you by Scott Smith number two. <laughs> not to be confused with number not one. To be excused, I, I prefer not to be to be called dose. <laughs> dose. Dose. <laughs> but yeah, it affects a lot of people outside of you know the fireworking. I mean, not they're obviously in the industry, but outside of people who sell fireworks specifically. So I mean, you got all you got a ton of rack builders. You got guys that sell firing systems. You know, there's there's a lot of things. There's guys that sell balls. I don't know what you're supposed to do with those. But <laughs> you, you know, it, it affects people that oh, aren't selling great. fireworks. It's great. It's nuts, man. Cause you would think that like all of these people, you know, these are the people that, you know, do, I feel like they hold a lot more weight in, you know, their ability to, to cry and moan and scream at the top of their lungs to these organizations that are lobbying to more or less completely pull this classification from an entire subset of users that, you know, their industries rely on it. So on that note, 
what is their agenda at this point? What is their agenda? Because if it's to be safer, we just established that the training is terrible for people on the one, three class to begin with. I mean, I think their agenda is just self-serving. It's they want what Bo mentioned earlier that, you know, this helps them, this helps them save money, maybe helps them pick up, uh, you know, if it's a display company, maybe helps them pick up smaller shows, less regulation. I mean, it, it benefits them and just so happens that we're caught in the crossfire. Eliminate competition by regulation. Hmm. Weird. Isn't that how the rest of the world's already ran anyways? (laughs) Yeah, it's 2023. We got to get with it. (laughs) Fireworks industry decided, you know what? We just might as well follow the leader. (laughs) Jamie got that. I got that. Bicycles and fireworks. Why the hell would I take a test? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Can't really say any jokes about him. One of the black flagged. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) On the FBI list. (laughs) What are we talking about already? (laughs) Yeah, I guess the only thing I'm getting at is they don't care. Yeah, it's 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 all business. It's all, you know, by the book, get it over with, do it fast. So I can move on to the next thing And as a business thing. It's all about the money. 100 percent. I mean, any business owner, it's all about the money, the bottom line. Yeah. Well, you know, it's crazy. Or at least I find this just absolutely completely nuts because it kind of it relates to this too. But like the like like Ohio, you know, Ohio had consumer fireworks legalized, and this was the first year that you know the, all of those laws have gone into place. So you know you have all your holidays now that you can that you can shoot fireworks. But and how many years did that take? Oh, it took forever, right? But I I remember like you know God God rest his soul, Bruce Bruce Blom. He advocated for so many years. I mean, I am proud as hell to have known that man, you know, been under his tutelage for so many years under absolutely. the club. Absolutely. One of the finest human beings that, that ever walked this planet when it came to I fireworks. I love fireworks. He lived and died, you know, literally basically, you know, in the trenches and, you know, he was at every single state, um, hearing in advocacy for, you know, fireworks laws in Ohio. And he yep. was a, he very much a hobbyist in, in the sense that like he wanted to, he was, he was very intricate and wanted to be a part of like the building scene. And, you know, obviously we were never able to do that here in Ohio and regulatorily Ohio kept kicking the can down the road with this moratorium thing. So in the state of Ohio, you cannot build, um, you can't have a magazine. You, you just, the Ohio state fire marshal has a moratorium in place where they refuse to let anybody build storage whatsoever. And guess what? You can't open a fireworks store if you don't have storage, right? So naturally, who does that wind up benefiting in the state of Ohio? It benefits the people that had their storage grandfathered in years and years and years ago. And guess what company entities those are? You know, the exact same ones that were the ones with the commercial intentions in the state of Ohio um, to get fireworks legalized, right? The phantoms, the TNTs, um, you know, any anybody who has skin in the game and grandfathered in storage because now they effectively have a small monopoly over this 
the space in Ohio, which is crazy because when you put yourself in the mind of the regulatory bodies that are just like, you know what? Yeah, this is really cool. We're going to get loads, loads and loads of tax dollars and tax, you know, like in, in revenue for the state for this stuff. But how much more would you get if you just eliminated the moratorium and let competition come in? I mean, don't you encourage, like at that point, you encourage healthy competition in doing that. But like, I guess, you know, where I'm going with this is it's just, it's insane how much power money holds, right? And the entities that have it and, you know, the the people that sit at these tables with the gavels and make decisions on behalf of the entire industry, they're either part of that. I feel like they're a part of that or they're, they very much are open to allowing people who have that money, their opinion for whatever reason holds more weight than um, others. You said it earlier. It's 2023. You should know yeah. that already. It's, it's yeah. just money, man. It's 100% money. And we, we don't have enough of it to, to have a say. Nope. Yeah. I got a 100th of a cent to their $1. So I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> Probably more. Any vendor that I feel like I have ever hit up for 1.4 Pro, they have always vetted me. 100%. Like I have yes. never gone to a vendor and a vendor take at face value. Hey, I'm talking to Bo. So I know that he knows what he's talking about. Every single vendor that I have gone to and said, Hey, I would like to, you know, we've never done business before. I would like to buy pro from you. They have asked me for my credentials and that kind of stuff is what makes me think when I hear the opposition say, Oh, you know, this is this unsafe and we don't feel like, you know, we, we can standardize and police, you know, the vendors vending to people. They're going to be selling this stuff in retail outlets. That's the part where I go bullshit. It reminds me of fireworks in Ohio. I was just sitting there watching the legislative and, you know, people getting together and their opinions. Oh, Johnny got blown up by a firework. It was a sparkler. Yeah. And his yeah. drunk dad handed it to him. I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's, it, there's no accountability. There's no, on, that is it. Account of ability. That's whoa. it right there. Problem solved. Yeah, well, my line has kicked in. But that's a problem. I mean, it's all about the money on every level, not just the dealer and the seller. It's, it's every level. The accountability is more work. There's got to be clubs out there that have gone, like I've gone as a club member to um, display companies that are holding continuing education and the APA is the one holding that class. And I've had conversations with, with people that, that were there and they were trainers and they're super helpful and they're very knowledgeable, but I don't necessarily, I, I didn't necessarily feel like I ever left that thinking, oh yeah, I, I, don't have any more in the common with this person other than, you know, the fact that we both shoot fireworks and that's it. You know, I don't know that they really classify as somebody who would necessarily stand up to the plate and go, Hey, we need to consider this group because shutting out a product line or, you know, a UN code classification or the, the classification formerly known as UN 0431, we never considered that there was a a sub-segment of users that that was important to. And you know what? This really, I just something popped in my head as you were saying all that. This will also hinder a new generation coming into, like, because 
you know, it's when someone finds someone or sees something like that and they start thinking about they want to do it, then they, like Jamie said before, if that's your first time doing it and you start tearing cakes apart because you can't get ProLine, this person's going to walk away from it instantly. But if he could get his hands on ProLine after taking courses and everything, of course, it allows him to get into the hobby more and it promotes another person getting into this because, and I've heard it from all over. It's hard to get shooters right now for anything. It's It's hard to get bodies to do anything. And then you're going to take another segment that might bring somebody in. It could go both ways. You're either going to run them off and they're not going to get into the hobby because like, this is stupid. I mean, it's cool, but this is way like pyro music was already too much work, but you start doing just any minor thing is too much work. So they're, they're not going to get into it. This, this new age doesn't even like the work. They just, <laughs> Oh, I don't want to do that. That's too hard. Or you're going to cut corners and what do cut corners do make it unsafe. Hmm. Yep. AJ, you make a really good point because I feel like that next generation definition of at least where the pirate musical sits today, I feel like it's finally started to pull away, especially in the hobbyist space from, you know, what it used to be. I feel like, you know, it used to be, Hey, I'm shooting a pirate musical. And then you would watch a video and then it was, you know, uh, 10 or 15 minutes of just like cakes going off with music. And then that was kind of that, that was the withstanding definition of pirate musical to the hobbyist space. And then now when somebody says, Hey, I'm shooting a pirate musical, you see a pirate musical. I, I feel like I, you're seeing so many more points of emphasis on on a piece of music. You're seeing a piece of music defined right in front of you um, visually. And I think that's truly at the heart. Of, like at 1.4 Pro is at the heart of that. And if you take away the access to 1.4 Pro for people that see this completely unknowing how to do it and start rooting around in there and realize like, hey, not only is there, you know, there's, there's so much regulation and training and everything in between me and achieving that, that they're just completely put off from it to, to begin with. And they won't even want to start. I mean, each one of you guys, if you couldn't get the single shots, the slices, the pro line that we use now, would you have ever got into power musicals whatsoever? Would you be as far out as far as you are right now or as into fireworks as much as you are right now? Would you have bought all this gear of, and, you know, supported all these vendors that have businesses in the field? Or in Craco, the why would I need those racks if I can't get single shots? Yeah, yeah. But the, my answer would be absolutely not because Bo already said it. If he had to do all that, he wouldn't be doing the extent of his shows. And the reason I do what I do is because I found Bo's show. I found PGI course 1.4 pyro musicals. No, I wouldn't be doing it. It would be, yeah, it would be a physical impossibility. I mean, if I I go, would have never got it. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I I, would have never, like it would have never defined itself and developed. Like I would have never developed my talent as far as I had because I, when I hear a piece of music, I, I think about it a whole hell of a lot differently than whatever existed at the time when it came to pyro musicals. Even a lot of the shows that I had seen, um, you know, like uh, the 
the big world stage competition scenes. I mean, we're talking, you know, they would shoot a lot of single shots, but they would be in like a full field concept, right? Like there was like, there was nothing that was moving the way that I saw it in my head, right? There was nothing that was moving to a ridiculous degree. And if I had to tear cakes apart to achieve that, it wouldn't have been one or two years before I'm like, you know what? I'm going the other way with this. And I would, because I would essentially be putting myself in a space in my head space where I'm like, I can't achieve this. Not with the amount of help that not with the help that I have, which doesn't really didn't really exist um, to that degree. And two, it's just, I'm inherently lazy. You know, I don't want to sit around and tear cakes apart for a two or three weeks just to achieve the amount of single shots. And that's, that's just in prep alone. It's not even that you're lazy. Scott Smith, number two said it earlier. If it's too much work, you have to spend time with you. You have a life, you know, fireworks is great, but you also have family, grandkids, kids, they grow up so fast. You can't spend your entire world just picking apart cakes. You have to live a little, otherwise you will get burned out. And it's, yep. it's ridiculous, totally ridiculous. And then if you do have kids and you try to get your kids to invest in it and be like, Hey, let's make this a family thing. Like cutting pool noodles apart. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Make it a family activity. It so it becomes, instead of this fun activity you can do with your family and become involved and teach them the right way. It's now all oh, this is punishment. I got to tear apart these cakes for dad. This, this is stupid. Hey, little Timmy, can you go out this weekend? No, I got to help my dad with this fireworks show. I could definitely pull up our cakes. That would be definite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I, I mean, and you know what? That's something the industry still needs for the consumer side. You want these younger kids to have, to see something different. Because kids nowadays, they got PlayStation 5s. They got a phone in their hand. They got everything that's exciting in their face. When they go and they want to see, or they see fireworks, you want them to see something special. When they're like, whoa, Mm. that was cool. How do I do that? Yeah. And and you need to bring that inner, the younger people in. If not, you're just going to have fireworks. Yeah. And there it is too. The long-term effects of what they're trying to do is you nailed it. If we lose the next generation, there's not going to be type 54 holders. There's not going to be one, three display. The hobbyists won't exist. So that's going to affect their bottom line in the long run. And if the person in office only cares about their paycheck, it's not a big deal. But if they care about the industry and the, the love of the fireworks, which is why they got into that position to begin with, they got to think a little further ahead. They really do. Yep. Yeah. Well, we made a, a long and distinguished uh, gripe here. It's been cool complaining about the state of one four pro with all of you guys. Is there any uh, final thoughts? You know, for me, I just wish there was a path forward. I wish we did have a place to have our voices heard. Um, I wish we could say, Hey, come to our event, come, come to this and, and see what we're doing. That's different than what it's, you know, some other less passionate people are doing in the industry. Um, 
you know, we're not about the money. We're about the show and we're about the art form. And I really wish that meant something to people outside of our group. So it's just kind of frustrating. You know, you invest so many years, so much time, so much effort into it. I, I just told my wife that last night. She said, you, you look like you feel a little down. I had come in from, from working, you know, doing some pre-show prep. And um, I was like, yeah, you know, I really am with all the stuff that's going on. You know, I don't know what's ending. I don't know what's changing. And it's very frustrating to spend that much time working on something and to feel like it's just taken away from you without being able to defend yourself in any way. Um, that, yeah. That's my biggest gripe right now is that it doesn't feel like anybody will listen to you. They just all go, yep, that's the way it is. Yeah. You want to feel like you want to feel like you're, you're being considered. I'm just depressed right now. <laughs> it really, really does. You know, the more we talk about it, it's just like, this sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I really got into this stuff and it's going to make me feel different about the hobby. Well, it, I, it's like doesn't make when I was forced to get the shot to keep my job. That's what it feels yeah. Like. No, <laughs> that's what it feels like. Jamie, what do you got, man? All I got to say is if you've got a place to make your voice heard, take advantage of it and don't ruin it for the rest of us. When you have a chance to be safe, be safe. Use the product the way it's meant to. Don't give them a leg to stand on to take any more away from us because yep. we all love this hobby and we don't want to lose it. Do your due diligence. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I think uh, I will even be as so bold as to suggest that, you know, people pop over to uh, AmericanPyro.com. That's the uh, website for the APA. And there is a contact us um, forum. It's, it's actually under the about us section. Um, and, you know, pick, uh, pick someone that's listed there and, and reach out. And, and say, hey, you know, we, we are the, the hobbyist and the, and the prosumer. And, you know, we would love to know if we were actually considered when this stuff kind of came to the table. So, uh, you know, Scott, go ahead, AJ. Does anybody on the APA, do they actually shoot shows? Oh, I, I'm sure they do. I mean, there's plenty of... No, no, uh, I'm, not talking, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about actually them themselves. Or are they just business owners? Don't know. I can't. I don't know the I answer. I was just to that. asking if you knew. I, I think there there's one that I'm pretty sure. If I if they're still on the board, yeah. But I hesitate bringing that up specifically. But yes. Yeah. I, I mean so. the 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 board member that I know on the APA, um, he does physically shoot shows. But I know that that's you know a board is made up of of many people. Right. Um. So, uh, you know, I don't know. And again, I would love to know, like, I, I would just love anyone from the APA that's privy, that's, that's on these subcommittees talking about it, or, um, you know, if whoever they're reporting out their suggestion to on the executive board and the executive board is really probably the one that's going to make a vote and say, Hey, this is what we vote. The definition of a professional is for the the new classification of one four pro and to me i i'm the i'm the president of a club in ohio right and being a president of the club in ohio we don't do we don't we make executive decisions but that's small peanut stuff you know we don't make executive decisions on behalf of the entire planet 
you know, we don't make executive decisions based on like assuming that our, our wide breadth netcast is not going to affect everybody. So that's why we take a standard membership vote. And to my understanding, I'm not sure that the, I, I don't know this for a fact, but you know, from the people that I've spoken to, the executive committee is the one that makes the, the decision, which is made up of who, and I don't know what their agendas are. I mean, are they effectively listening to their subcommittee? I don't know. I mean, I don't think I, I've never seen minutes from an APA, um, meeting. I don't know what suggestions are being made and I'm not even sure. Um, it's, I, I would love to know if minutes are even being produced and they're kind of keeping this stuff because I would love to see record of uh, exactly what these discussions are. Because again, I'm a hobbyist and I'm a prosumer. It affects me. I know I'm not a member of the APA. If I pay for a membership, does that mean that I'm going to be provided with this stuff? I sure as hell hope so. I mean, that's what other organizations do. So I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a whole lot of question marks and just enough to piss me off. Damn, that was good, brother. I could hear it in you. I was like, let it out, brother. Let it out. I feel in you, Bo. I felt you. <laughs> he's riffing Scott. Just let him go. I, I was like, I'm not saying a word. Good. Yeah. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's been it's been really fun. Like, well, actually, really? I take that back. Really, that was the best word to come up with. I take that back. I, either that or I'm going to say it. I, uh, I take back uh, how I meant it and I <sighs> reinfuse that word fun with a whole lot of sarcasm. Yeah, <sighs> fun means depressing. Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank depressing you, dude, for, uh, for being with us. We appreciate it. And I uh, will have you on again for sure on something that's a little more lively and upbeat. But, you know, um, it yeah, it would be way. cool to do something fun instead of thanks a lot for being I like, we, we really did and i think we were all talking to some degree i we've all talked to each other about this whether it be together in a setting or separately and individually but this is one of those things where we felt like if we don't talk about it and this winds up happening which you know all be shake the magic eight ball all signs point to yes this is going to happen this shit's going to get taken away yeah. um, how many people probably don't even know about it yeah exactly and i think that's what bothers me the most because if we had advocates people that were part of these committees and we knew that these discussions were happening it's almost like we all found out about this stuff in the wildest kind of offbeat <laughs> underground rumblings kind of way like nothing you know i i do commend the folks that are in the industry that went out and really kind of picked up a battle axe and said, Hey, fuck this. We're, we're going to tell everybody that this is, this is happening. Um, because we totally believe that the hobbyist has not been considered in, in this opinion. And they're not and they're continually like brazenly now being pushed aside. Like now we know that you have a gripe with this. We're still not going to consider you. Yep. You know, unfortunately, I do think there are some hobbyists out here, too, that are maybe in denial. You know, oh, this this isn't going to change. You know, in years past, we've heard rumblings or rumors and there's always been a workaround. Something has happened. It hasn't gone as bad as we thought, um, you know, or it, it you know, we, we had a hiccup for a couple of years and, and then it's back and it's better than ever. And there's a, this has a different feel than that. I mean, from from what I've heard. I just, I think this truly is happening and I, I just don't want people to be like, yeah, we've heard this before. I mean, take this seriously. 
in a previous world when the industry hit those problems before, you know, the classification of product was really our own problem over here, right? It wasn't, it wasn't something that was more or less, I, I don't know, contingent upon something that happened in China. Unfortunately, what's happened in China is we lost that entire UN code. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, Again, I don't know this for a fact, but I don't think UN zero four three one is is being manufactured anymore. But you know, and which is why all of this is now classified as the same classification code as consumer, which is why it's a problem. You know, which is why now, like, we have this UN zero three three six with an asterisk that is being lumped in. Um, with standard consumer. And now I think the people that are in charge of these regulatory bodies believe because there's no blurry line between the two, how do you police it, right? How do you keep it off of the shelves at those vendors? But I don't know, maybe we need more vendors to pipe up and say, hey, you know, look at our track record for keeping meticulous records on who we sold this previous classification to. I, I think that says loads for the APA or someone else to create a standard and say, Hey, you're held to this standard. You have to, to ensure, you know, you're, you're going to meet these qualifications and then you can vend this stuff, um, to people, whether you got to do that at the vendor level and whether the, whether the vendor has to turn around and do that, um, to vet the people that are actually consuming the product, what have you, but, you know, just make sure you're considering every single subcategory of shooter that utilizes it. Otherwise you're getting to the, you're like, you're, you're wrecking homes, man, because now these vendors that, that used to vend one, four pro they're stepping on their, they're stepping on their livelihood. You know, they did it the right way and now they're being punished for it. Absolutely. And it'll take their consumer side down because some people just go to one person because they had that and then they could get both at one time, consumer and the pro at the same time. Now they'll probably just find someone more local and they just won't buy as much. Yeah. So everybody starts losing that trickle down effect. Economics. Trickle down AJ nomics. Remember that? What, the Trump and Hillary thing? Well, that wasn't from Hillary. Yeah, I, I said Trump and Hillary. I thought you, I could have swore you said Trump. <laughs> I would have. Are you drinking too? You, no, my last beer was two hours ago. <laughs> my last so, beer was never. <laughs> don't stop talking. Yeah, about exactly. Don't you know what? Yeah, that's right. Don't sweet. stop talking. About Please it. don't stop talking about this. I mean, get up, get loud and, and get in the faces of people that, you know, they're in positions of power within the industry. I don't care if you go to your, you know, go to your vendors because your vendors, chances are they're members of these bodies that are, that are trying to define a professional user for uh, articles. And, you know, we want to be considered whatever you do, don't stop fucking talking about it. Don't stop talking about it. That was your cue, Jamie. What are we talking about? Say it, Scott. Say it, Scott. I don't even know what we're. I don't know. You're wow. in jail, man. Yeah. <laughs> he never got to. He never got he to the end of that episode. Podcast, I guess. <laughs> 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 <laughs>